Hey y'all, this is Charlie, and we are living, loving, laughing, and grace, and that's right, we are celebrating Christmas, amen, and um, I'm going to encourage you again, when you see those candy canes, just think about that red representing the blood of Jesus Christ, and that white is showing you just how he has washed you whiter than snow, amen, when you see all that gold out there, you know, and all the decorations, and the wrappings, and just think about how gold speaks of the righteousness of God, that he says you are now like gold, when you see the silver, it speaks of our redemption. When you see green, it speaks of the new covenant, right? That's why we see green and red together all the time, because Jesus brought us the new covenant cut through his blood. Amen. And the new covenant always speaks of life. You know, it's, God gives us these images that our leaves shall be always green and youthful. And that's where we get the green from. Amen. All right, my friends. Wow, did the Lord have a good word for us last time. Hallelujah. And I am just rejoicing with you of your testimonies of, of healing and, and, and just everything that Jesus is doing in your life, my friends. And he, don't we have an amazing, amazing Savior? a sweet, sweet Savior, an incredible Heavenly Father. Amen. And that is what we're getting ready to celebrate, that, that Jesus loved us so much. He was willing to give up His royal place of dignity and authority that He deserved to come down, to step into our world, to take our punishment for us. We are celebrating that the Father gave up His one and only begotten Son, the Son whom He loves. My friends, when the Bible, when we see the Father talking about His Son in the Bible, we can hear the passion that He has for Him. In case you don't know, I was quoting scripture there when He says His one, His only, His begotten Son, the Son whom He loves. You hear the passion, right? That's the passion he had for his son. And he gave that son up for you. How valuable you are to him. How priceless, my friends. You know, make sure that the people you allow in your life value you the way you're meant to be valued. Make sure that the thoughts you allow in your mind value you the way your father values you. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus, we just thank you for being here with us today. Get ready to show yourself to us in the word. Oh, how we love that. Amen. We love getting to see our Jesus. And as we saw last week, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1, 2, uh, that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so every time, my friends, that we are coming to his word, we are coming to see him. And every time we see him, what happens? Grace and peace are multiplied in our lives. Wow. Our God is so good. Sometimes I just sit around thinking about that. <laughs> Amen. Just how good he is. Right? You just got to look at a sunset or a sunrise. Look at the snow falling. Look at the rain. My friends, I love rain. I love rain. I know sometimes we think we've had enough of it, but I do love the rain. And I just see the rain, you know, rain in the Bible is often uh, spoken of as God's blessings. When you see that rain coming down, can you have too much of God's blessings in your life? Amen. Just see that as God's blessings are raining down in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So we also, we started off by going to Titus 2.11, where it says to us, for the grace of God has appeared 
For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And how did that happen, my friends? That happened when Jesus Christ, grace himself, appeared and he brought us salvation. Amen. And so we're going to get back into Luke chapter 2, where we're, we're following how the Lord has done that for us. And we left off last time we read verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And we talked about how even from Jesus's birth, he experienced rejection. My friends, I want to tell you something. Do you know that even when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they had midwives? You can go back and read about it in Exodus. They had midwives even when they were slaves. But Jesus and all those associated with him, which at this time is Mary and Joseph, were so rejected. Mary didn't even have one person kind enough to come and help her with the birth of her son. It was just her and Joseph. She had to clean up and swaddle her own child after having just gone through labor. They didn't even have a place to stay. It doesn't say there was no room. It doesn't say the inn was full. It says there was no room for them, for them in the inn because they were poor and because they brought Jesus. So the first thing that the world did was to reject Jesus, just as it says in John chapter one, that he came to his own, but they received him not. Oh, my friends, but you know what? That was at one point, each and every one of us. But praise the Lord that he pursues us and he pursues us and he pursues us and he hunts us down till he wins us over with his love. Amen. Like it says in Psalms 23 verse 6, that he hunts us down, that mercy and goodness hunt us down all the days of our life. Hallelujah. So we're going to move on to verse 8. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. I want you to say by night, by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. My friends, do not be afraid. Do you know this is the resounding expression from heaven? Every time an angel shows up, we hear them say, do not be afraid. We hear Jesus again and again telling his disciples, do not be afraid. Abram, the very first time we see in the Bible in Genesis where it says that the word of the Lord appears to a man, it was to Abram. And the first thing he said, I'm sorry, the first vision, the first vision that appeared to a man, the Lord said, do not be afraid. And you know why we don't have to be afraid? Not because everything's going on great in the world. What time was it when this angel appeared to the shepherds? It was in the night. It was in the dark, right? Like we can look around in the world today and see a lot of darkness. But what does heaven say? Heaven says, do not be afraid. And the Lord told Abram, do not be afraid for I, I, I am your shield. 
and your exceedingly great reward. My friend, what can come against you when God himself is your shield? Amen. What will you lack when God himself is your provider? Can I tell you these two things answer any of the situations that we face? We either lack something or we're afraid of something coming against us. And the Lord himself, isn't that beautiful that he didn't even say the angels would be. He does use the angels and we each have angels guarding over us. It tells us that in Psalms 91. However, the Lord says that the Lord himself is our shield. The Lord himself is our exceedingly great reward. And so this angel comes in the middle of the night to them. And the first thing he says is, do not be afraid. Why? There's a reason for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. My friends, the same good tidings and the same great joy that this angel brought to those shepherds, we have today. Amen. We have the same good tidings and the same great joy. He's about to tell us what it is. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior, a savior, a savior who is Christ the Lord. My friends, that is the reason for our great joy. That is the reason we do not need to fear because there is born to us a savior, not a judge not a condemner, not a lawgiver. We would all be condemned. If Jesus came to bring us the law, we would all be condemned and have every reason to fear because we cannot live up to God's perfect law. But Jesus didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to bring us more laws. He came to be our savior who is Christ the Lord. Listen, my friends, I want to, you know, when the Bible was written, it was not written with chapters and verses that was added later to help us study, right? It makes it easier for us to, to know the word and to share it with each other and reference it, right? I can tell you, go look at Luke 2 11 and you can go right there, you know, through your Bible app or your Bible or whatever, but God is still behind everything that has to do with his word. And Luke, did you hear what Luke 2.11 said? Luke 2.11 says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And what have we been reading in Titus 2.11? For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. My friends, these verses are one and the same. For the grace of God has appeared, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
Amen. My friend, I want you to know that last verse I just read to you out of the New International Version because it's actually more accurate towards the original Hebrew, or I'm sorry, the original Greek. You know, most translations say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it kind of makes it sound like this peace and this favor is for all men. But my friends, that is God's intention. But that peace and that favor, that peace comes to men on whom his favor rests. Favor is grace. Who are those who have God's grace? Those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we actually see that in the context of everything the angel said. It's like glory to God in the highest. Why? Because his grace has come. His salvation has come. And for those of you who receive it, his peace and favor shall rest on you. Amen. Listen to the intimacy. Listen to how personal even that greeting was. For there is born to you. To you, there is born to you, my friends, this word is to you still today. There is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And then all of a sudden, my friends, midnight burst into midday. As heaven exploded on the scene, all of these angels and the heavenly host are there praising God. My friends, this is what happens when Jesus comes into our life. Jesus turns the midnight into the midday. He turns the mega storms into mega calms. He takes every area of your life, the very areas that you are struggling in the most, that have the greatest lack and the greatest need, and he turns them into your greatest blessing. Hallelujah. That is our Savior. Amen. And it says, so that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. My friends, these shepherds believed. They said this thing that has come to pass that the Lord made known to us. They believed that the message of the angel was from the Lord. And they're like, it happened. We're going to come see it. And look what, and they came with haste. Say with haste. They came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. My friends, it's like we've said before, they believed the Lord. And so right away, they just couldn't wait to see him. What a heart they had for the Savior. So it tells us that the shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Points out to us again that the babe is lying in a manger. You know, that's how they knew they'd found the right baby, right? Because the angel told them that you will find a babe lying in a manger. My friends, this, there, there is so much more here than, than we'll know if we just skim through these verses. I want to tell you about what a real manger looks like. You know, our Western idea of a manger is usually like this wooden, this wooden trough right? That's up off the ground and, and, and Mary put hay into it and put Jesus into it. But Israel, especially Bethlehem, is not a nation with a lot of trees. So, you know, you find that like out here where we live in Washington, there's all kinds of trees. So you find a lot of stuff made out of wood. But in a nation that doesn't have a lot of trees, you don't find a lot of stuff made out of wood. And when my husband and I got to go to Israel, we actually got to see 
a manger and a manger my friends is carved out of stone and in fact in the area of Bethlehem the homes there are built in were built in two stories because they were right on the edge of the wilderness and so if you've ever been to a true desert they get very hot during the day and very cold at night so their homes were built where above ground was a single layer home where the family lived. And then that was placed on top of a cave and underneath that cave essentially served as the barn for all their livestock. Cause guess what? Most of the people in Bethlehem were shepherds. So their livestock stayed underneath and you know how they made their mangers. They carved them. We actually got to see this. They carved them out of the side of the cave wall. And they would carve mangers into that. So they're made out of stone and they're carved right into the cave wall. And then they would fill one with water and they'd have another one that they filled with food for the babies. So this is what Mary had to lay Jesus in. I want to read to you from the end of Luke. Luke chapter 23 verse 50 says, Now behold, There was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and deed. So Joseph of Arimathea, he was part of the the council. He was part of the government, part of the Pharisees, but he did not consent. There were men who didn't consent to what they did to Jesus. And he, um, it says that he was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock. The tomb carved out of the rock where no one had ever lain before. My friend, their tombs are carved out of the side of a cave the same way that the mangers are. And when we got to see the tomb that Jesus's body was laid in. It looks very similar to the manger that he was placed in as a baby. My friends, Jesus Christ came with the sole purpose of dying for us. Even from the beginning as a baby, he was laid in a tomb. He was laid essentially in a tomb signifying why he came here, what his purpose is. He is the only baby, my friends, who was ever born to die. Unfortunately, sometimes we know that babies do die, but that is never God's desire. And that is not their purpose, but it was Jesus's. Just as he was laid in a tomb where no man had ever laid, he was laid in a manger where no baby had ever laid. From beginning to end, we see that his sole purpose in coming was to give up his life to save ours, my friends. That is the beauty of the Christmas message. Hallelujah. And why, my friends? Why did Jesus do that for us? Why was he born to die? In Titus chapter 3, verse 4, it tells us, But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, 
So my friends, we already know that Jesus is grace. But listen to this. We know that through him, the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared. My friends, if you want to know who God is, we simply look to Jesus. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is God walking on this earth. And what do we see that he brought to us? He brought grace and kindness and love. Amen. Grace and kindness and love. Say it with me. Grace and kindness and love. Again, grace and kindness and love. Hallelujah. He brought grace and kindness and love. And it says he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. My friends, mercy is when you don't get something that you deserve, right? So we did something wrong. We deserve to be punished. That's mercy. So he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out upon us richly. Say richly. My friends, I always tell you, God don't know how to give just a little bit. He always gives us more than enough. He always gives abundantly. He always gives us generously. As it says, he gave us richly. He poured out his spirit upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that being justified by his grace. How are you justified, my friend? You are justified by his grace. Justified. You know what justified means? Justified means just as if I'd never sinned. When you read that word, you can think of it that way. Just as if I'd never sinned. Because that's how your heavenly father treats you today. He he treated Jesus at the cross just as if He was the worst sinner there ever was so that today he can treat you just as if I'd never sinned. Amen, my friend. And he did. God did not hold back on his son. He let go the fullness of his righteous and holy wrath on his son. It so burned up Jesus that he cried out, I thirst. No wonder when all the wrath of heaven for all of our sins fell upon him. No wonder he cried out, I thirst. So that today your heavenly father can pour out all his favor and goodness and mercy and blessings on you. He treats you just as if you are his son. Hallelujah. And it says that being justified by his grace, grace, my friends, is what we don't deserve. Mercy protects us from the punishment we do deserve. And grace gives us the blessings we don't deserve. So that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. He's saying you have been made an heir an heir of heaven, an heir of all the promises of Jesus Christ because of your belief in his son, you know that you have the hope of eternal life. My friends, you know why it's still hope? Because you don't have it yet, right? We're not in heaven yet or you wouldn't be listening to me, right? But you have that hope. It is yours because it is based on Jesus Christ because the son of God 
allowed himself to come in the likeness of sinful flesh. The Bible says in the likeness because he never was sinful. It also tells us that in him was no sin. He thought no sin. He did no sin, my friends. But he came in the likeness of our flesh like a baby allowed himself from even a baby to be placed in a tomb because years later he was going to allow himself to be placed in a tomb on our behalf. Hallelujah. How much your Savior loves you. How much he's done for you. How much we have to celebrate. Amen. My friend, if you're listening today and you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. You know, this is not about uh, a religion or a bunch of rules. This is about a relationship with the God who loves you so much. He sent his one and only begotten son for you. Everything that you've been hearing about today, Jesus Christ did for you. And it doesn't matter what you have done. Because all of this is based on what Christ has done at the cross. Everything is based on the perfect life that he lived. His pure, perfect blood that he shed. And that is what gives us access to the grace, the favor, the blessings of God to eternity in heaven. To the right to be his children. Amen. So just say this prayer with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your one and only begotten Son that he should come and take my place. I believe that at the cross, Jesus Christ took all of my sins. He died and was buried. On the third day, he rose again, proving that all my sins have been washed away. Today, I am forgiven of all of my sins, of my past, my present, and my future. I am the righteousness of God In Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. You, God, are my Father, and heaven is my home. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen, amen. My friend, if you just prayed that prayer, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. We would love to celebrate with you, and I would love to send you a free gift. Uh, just to to help you get started off, uh, learn more of the wonder and the beauty of your Savior, Jesus Christ, please reach out to me either through my Facebook page, Live and Love and Laughing in Grace. You can private message me there. You can send me an email at gracegang20 at gmail.com. And that is also in the episode notes that are with every episode. And again, my friends, in case you don't know, so are the scripture references. If you ever want to go back and look at the things, some of the things that we talked about, I put the scripture references in there every episode. Uh, But again, my friend, welcome. Welcome to God's family. We are celebrating with you. All right. And my friends, here we go. I want to bless you for this week. Just keep remembering every time that you look at that candy cane, that tinsel, that wrapping, those Christmas lights. Just remember that this is all a display of how much your Savior loves you. Hallelujah. From the manger tomb to the burial tomb to heaven and beyond. How far your Father sent His Son. How far His Son came and went just for you. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, my friends, until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing, and grace, and a blessed, blessed Christmas season to you. Shh.